Welcome to Dr. Jeffrey Ross, Looking Good and Feeling Great podcast, live from Las Vegas, with his co-host, Daryl Craig Harris. Ah, we made it to episode two. Outstanding. They <laughs> haven't canceled They haven't said canceled it would last. Yet. It was here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, that lasted more than some of my relationships. So, uh, right? Uh, I know. Yeah. I can relate to that. Uh-huh. Um, so last on the last episode, we, we were kind of wrapping up talking about... Um, plastic surgery procedures and, and, and that kind of thing. So what are, I guess, what people have a lot of curiosity about plastic surgery. What, what, what are some of the most common questions, procedures, sure. that so, kind of thing? Well, yeah, plastic, surgeon is, plastic surgery is really all-encompassing. And what I mean by that is the running joke with plastic surgeons, and there's plenty of running jokes about plastic surgeons, <laughs> is... That's uh, not true. Is, uh, yes, is that uh, we operate on uh, the skin and its contents. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> which is kind of true, in as much as most of us were uh, general surgery trained. Mm-hmm. And so we've uh, done heart surgery and liver surgery and yeah. trauma. And we kind of talked about that in the last episode, but it's, it's people like, it's way more than just being a plastic surgeon. You have a whole, um, long history of surgery before you ever get there. It takes a long time and, uh, and it's good that it takes a long time Mm -hmm. because, because you want to see things more than once. For example, in general surgery, uh, appendicitis. Now appendicitis, it's not like you take one test, boom, it's blue. Okay. You go to the operating room. Right. Uh, appendicitis where well, they have a sort of a story, which makes sense. And then have a little bit of a Sometimes white it takes a while to figure it out. Right? Yeah. So it's not like, boom, you know, you're done now with the laparoscopic stuff. They can stick a camera in there and, and that it's much more straightforward. But basically, but the point is, is you want to see how things uh, present like a textbook. Mm-hmm. And then you want to see how things present in the real world, not like a textbook, right. uh, and which is often more more often than not. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's the thing. And also, you want to see as many cases as you can um, because that's where judgment comes from. And right. judgment's the hardest thing uh, to teach uh, the young uh, guys and gals getting into, into, into well, any any uh, anything, whether yeah. it's uh, whether how to it's, proceed, what to well, use, it's, yeah, procedures. whether yeah. whatever it might be, whether it's you know welding or whether it's art and science, whether sure. it's whether it's a surgery or plastic surgery, you've got to see enough of them over and over again mm-hmm. to go. And and the nice thing about the training, especially with a board certified plastic surgeon, is. Um, is is if something happens, you can get out of trouble. You can fix it. But right. more importantly, is to see it before it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. Say, so, wait a minute, I've seen this go bad six times before. Yeah, you kind of have a feeling and what's going to happen. Wait a minute, and so why don't right? we get this test or do that? Blah, 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 blah. And, and so that is really where I think a lot of the training comes in is because you can avoid problems before they're problems. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, so that so for that, I think that's why it's so darn long. So you can uh, amass as many cases as you can mm-hmm. and see things uh, as as much as you can. Because when you're in a surgical suite, I mean, it seems obvious, but you're you are the head, you're the, the captain of the ship. Right? That's what they call it. So yeah, they, they call mm-hmm. the captain of the ship. And when you very first come out, uh, so you have all this training and you've done all this thing and you've cracked chest in the ER and you've you've taken bleeding off of somebody's brain. You've done all these uh, sorts of things. Sure. And uh, you get to a point in the operating room, and sometimes you know there'd be a curveball in there, mm-hmm. and uh, there's this thing called white tile syndrome, where you look behind you, and there ain't bunny, any, ain't anybody there except white tile. Okay, <laughs> right. it's you. It's all you. Yeah. And so then you're like, okay, what would Doctor Hoffman do? 
mm-hmm. would Dr. Mathis do? And, and, and you hear their voice in your head like a coach. Right. Right? Because if you play sports, you know, the, the two voices, I mean, there can be 100 people there, 1,000 people yeah. when you're playing sports. And the two voices you'll hear is your coach and your dad. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, sure. So, and, yeah. and you can, you can it, and when you're in medicine, your pager, you can, you can pick up your pager from like <laughs> across the auditorium. Sure. So, yeah, so there's that. You're just, it's, you're just hardwired into that. So having said that, is then you're like, okay, what would they do? Yeah, okay, well, I think I'll do that. So, okay. And so that's, then you go ahead and, and, mm-hmm. and you do that. But you rely, you go back and you rely on your, on your principles. So, um, and, and that's, that's why you do that. And, and training is hard. And training is hard on purpose. It should be, right. Uh, and uh, it, it should be. And it should be hard because you're going to be doing stuff in the middle of the night. And you're going to be doing stuff at four in the morning. And you're going to mm-hmm. be doing stuff when you're tired. And you're going to be doing stuff when you're hungry. And you're going to be doing stuff after you had a fight with your girlfriend. Right. And, you've been, and you have to focus on the patient because the patient doesn't care about any of that. Well, the thing is, too, is that, and, I mean. It deserves you to be the best you you can be. Yeah, and doctors are human. I mean, that's the thing. They have the same, uh, <laughs> I mean, they have the same stresses, if not more stress yeah, and you, all, that, all those yeah. things. But that you learn, to, you learn to temper that. And right. I think that things are much better now than they have been. Because, you know, before you just, you know, you bite on your mouthpiece and go forward. Yeah. Uh, and now there are actually people that are there to, to help you. Because it's listen, a team. And right? listen to you and, and, all, and all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, so those are those, thi- those, are those things. It's, it is a team effort. And I always thought of it as a team. And I guess my mom was a nurse and uh, she beat that into me at an early age. But <laughs> the nurses will uh, save your butt. Uh, and always be nice to the nurses. And uh, again, you'll you'll learn early that they can make you look really good or really bad. Yeah. Your choice. And they're, uh, I mean, the thing is, too, so they're highly trained themselves. They're very highly trained. And, and they have a ton of experience. Right. And uh, and I tell the interns, I see one, listen to the nurses because they've seen, oh, you know, 30,000 more of these than you have. Yeah. Well, with different uh, doctors, one, different approaches. With different approaches, with different doctors, and, and, and all of that. And yeah. if, you know, you could call in the middle of the night and you will, and an experienced nurse tells you, hey, something's funny here. Something's funny there. Right. Get your butt out of bed. Go down there. Take a look. Yeah. See what's going on. Because you, I mean, I, I would imagine being a plastic surgeon, especially when you're working on people's faces, their bodies, like you need a certain confidence, but you don't want to have arrogance, right? right? So, and I say that all the time. And, and the minute uh, I get a little bit arrogant, bites me in the butt every time. Yeah. Every yeah. time. So I'm like, okay, I got that lesson. Right. And a lesson's repeated until it is learned, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I, I don't have to make that mistake. Yeah, it's tricky. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and some things lead... Some things are more intense than others, sure. you know. So, so there, there's you know, there's that. Um, but, but to get to your point is, plastic surgery again, the skin and its contents, is that's actually a true statement because we can be uh, doing a cleft lips or a palate uh, on a child. Uh, and then the next case will be a uh, a toe to thumb operation uh, on a, a older patient. So mm-hmm. we truly operate on the skin's contents from from the tip of the the head to the toe. Yeah. And we operate on uh, newborns, and we operate wow. on um, uh, you know, old people, and uh, it just depends on you know what they what they need. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's obviously the, the I would imagine the most popular. Th- Kind of surgeries would be breast augmentations, those kind of things. Yeah. So, so that's the aesthetic side of it. There's a the reconstructive mm-hmm. side, which again, people don't realize. I wanted to ask you about that. That yeah. plastic surgeons uh, do a lot of hand surgery. Okay. And again, I was with the Bunky Clinic, I, and, and some of these guys are just tremendous. When I was at USC, I worked with Miles, uh, Dr. Miles Cohen, and Safana. There's some tremendous guy Gary Brown. There's mm-hmm. some tremendous guys, and we work with the orthopedic guys a lot as well. So, sure. and they, those those folks uh, know bone better, and we know soft tissue better. We really think so. And 
and, and so, but we cross pollinate, and that's where it's really cool yeah. because you learn something and from it's everybody creative. else. And it can be very creative. Yeah. And um, so that's that. Burns also a fall under plastic surgery uh, okay. as well. And back in Philadelphia, uh, a buddy of mine. Uh, Bill Hughes runs the Burn Center in Philadelphia, and he's hmm. got crazy stories. Yeah. Uh, and 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 even you know he's general. Which has surgery. to be one of the busiest in the world. Yeah, probably. he's, he's general. Yeah, it's busy. So he's yeah. general surgery trained, and he does a, a ton of reconstructive. And so, and we talk about some cases where he kind of delves into the plastic world as well mm-hmm. for, uh, for for folks. And so, and he does tremendous work. In fact, he and I a hundred years ago wrote a, a book about. Uh, it's called the Essential Burn Unit Handbook. And so we wrote a book be- out of frustration because, again, back in the 90s, there there was no, there was pagers. We didn't have phones. Right. <laughs> right. So <laughs> forget about having a computer sure. on your hip. Right? Yeah. So a guy would come in still smoking uh, at two in the morning. Well, what do you do? Right. right. Or pediatrics or, you or, figure a, it or, out. A, yeah. or a chemical burn. And so and then you'd have to go to this big thousand page tome to try to look sure. at it. So we made a book that you can actually put in your white coat pocket that you okay. can go ahead and, and see, okay, what do I do next? And mm-hmm. or you can read the weekend before your your tour in the burn unit so that you, you you're hot, you're ready to go. Yeah, you kinda know what you're gonna do. It's be a very special up. place. Right. Uh, and you have to be a special guy. The nurses have to be special uh, people. Because that's traumatic. To go ahead and do that. Yeah. Oh it's it's highly traumatic and it and the uh, the uh, patients are are are, are sick. Uh, the uh, the patients are uh, highly metabolized. Nobody's metabolism goes faster than a burn. Sure. Yeah. So you have to know which, and you have to know uh, respiratory stuff. You have to know cardiac. So really, there's a lot of critical care that goes on with it. Mm. And then you want to have them function. And if you can, you really want it to look nice as well. So, sure. Yeah. So so burns are are a part of that. Reconstruction from cancers. We talked a little bit about uh, in the last. Session, right. and especially if you're at a trauma center, and somebody has what's called a major degloving injury. What that means is the soft tissue gets stripped off the bone. Right. Okay, well, you know, sometimes pieces are missing. They're over on I-15 yeah. someplace. Yeah, it's a reality of what happens. Right. Right. And so you have to rob Peter to pay Paul uh, to go ahead and cover the bone from uh, from. Uh, Infection, or to make sure that the the fracture heals, et cetera, et cetera. So, so there's a lot of that, yeah. and so that's the trauma part of it. And then I think it's interesting because people well. don't realize all, what all actually is involved in plastic sure. surgery. Like they, like I said, they tend to think of only a couple of different things. Sure, of course. Um, but I know you have actually really uh, you've had a, a lot of history with with trauma units, and you. I know you even things about attaching fingers, attaching sure. arms. Sure. Yeah. So that was we uh, we uh, we did that, uh, yeah. and uh, and that's that can be very very rewarding, and that that's yeah. that's terrific. Because you give them sort of give them their life back, right? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, or or folks that um, kids especially that had microtia. In other words, they weren't born with uh, ears that we would right. see. Yeah. Uh, and so you go ahead and you do that operation, and now they're a quote unquote normal kid. It's life changing. Yeah. Meaning that they they're not going to get teased. Sure. And it, so it's those sorts of things that really make a difference, hmm. that are really exciting to. Uh, well, people in general, but physicians uh, and surgeons and plastic surgeons in particular, sure. um, I think, and, and to be able to make a difference, I think is the is the key key thing. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's the thing because obviously people are concerned. I mean, we live in Las Vegas, and a lot of um, I would say ladies, but not only ladies anymore. I mean, it's becoming a lot more common in men for plastic surgery. Yes, about ten percent of uh, plastic surgery patients now are men, which mm-hmm. in our Office is also true, the national average. It's about 10%. Because before, uh, fellas didn't uh, want to be caught dead in a plastic sure, surgeon's right. office, right? Or they um, might do it, but they didn't want to be caught Well, there's that. There's that. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's that. Right. But, and especially show people, okay, sure. because there's that. There's that. 
oh, I have to remain, you know, uh, 32 my whole life, et cetera, et cetera, right. or that kind of thing. Sure. So, um, so there's that, but, but now more and more fellows are coming in and they're coming in for uh, rhinoplasty. They're coming in for liposuction. They're coming to get their eyes done. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're coming in for Botox and fillers. And the funny yeah, thing which, about- Which is something I did, but we'll right. talk about that later. <laughs> right. so, and the, and the, the funny thing with fellas, is interesting is especially my 50 year old guys mm-hmm. and again these guys are running half marathons and yeah. these guys are, are you know they're, they're in great shape and they say well doc i feel 35 why don't i look 50 and what i've seen most of in that particular case is is fellas that come in and they're salesmen right mm-hmm. and it's competitive uh, right. out there and they're competing with 20 year old and 30 year old and they're in your case and, they're selling um, medically related, right? So, well, yeah. yeah. So there's those, but but the patients that come in, they can be selling anything, right? Sure, right. Sell, you know, yep. Whether it's uh, land or houses or, or timeshares or whatever, right. and so, gotcha. uh, and they're doing great, and they're outselling the the younger guys by two to one, right? Mm-hmm. In the core, but they're getting the hey pops, how come you feel t- I feel tired today? He's like, what am I getting this from? Yeah, they have, so, still have lots of energy, right? But they, so they come right. in and says, I have, I have, I'll grossed you two to one. Anyway, so they come in. And they uh, they get you know their little stuff done, and they say you know Doc, I got to tell you, he said, uh, what guy lately said, uh, he says you know I have a lot of confidence you know when I when I leave here and you do this stuff, I'm like well that's great. He says he says no, he says you don't get it. He says he says sales is all about confidence, and right. I'm like okay, and he says he says yeah, he says so when I get my stuff. He says, uh, my sales go up about, you know, 30, 40%. That's interesting. And uh, yeah. he, says, he says, well, I'm glad, I'm glad my, IRO, my ROI works for you. He's like, oh, yeah, no, you're, you're way in the black, <laughs> Doc. And uh, he says, oh, okay. And yeah. it's so, so you get that. And, but again, it makes, it's all about making a difference. And for him, doing those little things mm-hmm. uh, made a difference and made an impact on his life and, and livelihood yeah. and uh, and goes for it. And that's that's when it's kind of cool. And, I mean, and we all have those things. Like, I, I, even like, well, something that we did is I have a little crease in the sort of uh, above the bridge of my nose and we had been talking about that. And I'm like, you know, I don't, for me, I'm not really a facially vain person, but I was like, you know, it'd be fun to fix that. So we had, we had did the procedure. We did sure. some filler and, and Botox. Sure. And uh, Bondo, a little chicken wire. Exactly. You know? so, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it but, it, but, you know, it's, I think everybody has those little things, right? Yes. Everybody has something right uh and we at our office we talk people out of plastic surgery all the time which is i'm glad you brought that up because we talked we were talking about the fellows from botch dr dubrow and, sure. and that's something i actually liked about them is that they oftentimes they will tell oh, the patient it's sure. not a good idea so sure the the basic premise is, is again uh, and we talk about reconstructive ladders and what i mean by that is do the least invasive surgery to get from point a to point b Right. right. So uh, in reconstructive surgery, it's can you put the wound back together with a few stitches? Mm-hmm. Oh, does it need a skin graft? Oh, do you need to take it to the operating room for this big old procedure? Right. So again, in that regards, less is more. The least amount of surgery. Do the least amount of harm to right. the patient. Yeah, right. prima non series, the first do no harm, which is the yep. first thing they teach you yep. in medical school. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so uh, so going forward is is my, the way my head works is least invasive to most invasive, mm-hmm. and it's my job to go ahead and give, to educate, but to give patients uh, options that might work or might not work for them, mm-hmm. and so then we talk about it. Just and, sort of a menu of right, options. And right. I'm verbose, as you can tell. And that's why we're you know, we're on the you know the the podcast thing is, uh, <laughs> and so I spend a lot of time and I really talk and I answer questions, et cetera, et cetera, because because going to a doctor is scary. What yeah. brings and a family practice guy told me says is, is you know Jeffrey said why why do people come to the doctor I said well you're supposed to say like, no fear 
It's a, mm. it's a lump. What is it? Is it right. cancerous? Is it That's bad? That's true. You yeah. know? So, unless it's a well baby check or your mm-hmm. usual physical or something. Like fear brings people down. And also the plastic surgery, the surgery thing from that standpoint, cosmetic surgery, um, is a mysterious thing for people who have never done it. Of course. So, yeah. And, and now there's been a big democratization of that because there's so much information out there. Now, not and all of TV it's shows. good. And TV shows. So not all of it's yeah. good, and we'll get into that. But but basically, is so my job is to is dark rooms are scary because you don't know what's in them. Right. Uh, and if you turn on the light, you're like, oh, there's a desk and a chair. It's not so scary. Mm-hmm. So my one of my jobs uh, is to basically turn the light on. Right. And, and basically show people. Uh, and we show people with diagrams. And we show people, because some people mm-hmm. are visual learners, we show people um, with audio. We show people with, with to whatever it takes. Yeah, to educating them. And, right. and get them to a place where like, oh, okay, so now I see what this, oh, okay, great. And mm-hmm. we try to demystify it as much as possible. Right. Now, it's plastic surgery. You still have to have a little magic. Okay, you, <laughs> yeah. okay, you can't, can't, can't be completely without magic. That's true. You Especially have to, you here have to keep in Las Vegas. You have to have a little magic. <laughs> um, a little bit. So they, or they throw me out of the club. And, uh, but, but yeah, but, but by and large, you try to go ahead and educate and demystify mm-hmm. as much as as much as you and can. I think too, doing that process and being methodical about that probably um, really helps with not having um, any kind of complications or explaining that there are there can be complications. It sort of protects you as a as a doctor. And well, sure. I mean, I look at this. This is you know, one is it's a contact sport, okay? And, right. And there's going to be contact, whether I stick a needle in somebody or whether I take a knife to them or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's going to be contact. And one and two is is everybody should kind of know what the good and the bad and the uh, the mm-hmm. ugly may be, and that things happen. Right. Uh, and even if you, you know, you do two hundred cases of uh, something a year and you get you know a one percent uh, infection rate, which sounds like a really small number. Right. That's two people. It's and, and, that, if, and it's that, if you're the one percent, right, it's bad. Exactly. It's one percent. It's hundred percent for you. Yeah. Right. So. Um, so having said that, is, is so we, of course we try to keep the bad stuff away and we try to get there before the bad stuff happens, sure. as we talked about. And again, the board-certified plastic surgeons are usually uh, better than uh, the most to, uh, to to see what could go bad and try to prevent it before it gets there. But right. having said that, is is yeah, is is you have to make people aware of uh, potential things that can happen. And again, mm-hmm. I'm a little nutty when it comes to that because when we talk about Things uh, in the operating room. We talk about possibility of bleeding infection, anesthesia sure. complications. Now, again, we take lots of steps to do that. Where I go, it's a certified surgery center. Um, I bring a board-certified anesthesia doctor uh, with me. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been with me 17 years. They yeah. put my family members to sleep. So, so you really kind of do that. And I'm also the guy that locks the door to their room, their OR, so people don't walk in and walk out. Oh, okay. And so I'm a little nutty about yeah. that. I'm a little old school. But you know that uh, the, the prep the families is, get me. You can avoid so. a lot of problems or issues with with doing the prep, doing the legwork ahead of time. Right. right. Well, and there's also reasonable expectations. Okay. Right. So some folks come in. Um, and they say, well, you know, geez, doc, I've had, you know, six kids and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I want to look like, you know, and I'm 47 uh, years old and I've been smoking two packs of uh, Camel right. filters, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I, I want, I want to look like one of the Kardashians. Right. Exactly. And I don't want to look like I'm 26. Right. And you have to go, well, wait, I want worse is I want to look like the girl here on in the Instagram. I'm like, whoa. Right. So now we now we got to really unpeel that onion in as much sure. as, first of all, is, is you have to know the tissue that you're working with and what is reasonable. Realistic. And then... Mm-hmm. And then the patient, you have to, again, try to educate best you can what the realistic expectations are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you, you go from there. Because, again, people aren't made out of clay or wood. Right. Uh, 
which would be easier, but but scars happen, and sometimes scars will happen mm -hmm. in, in funny funny ways. But by and large, things go and they go well, et cetera, et cetera. But mm -hmm. again, that's why the program's so long, so that you know how to mitigate those things, or even mm -hmm. better yet, uh, prevent them or see them, you know, b before they go. But but by and large, most people uh, most people come in, they want something done. We're usually able to go ahead and meet their goal, and mm -hmm. usually we've been we've been very fortunate and blessed that in our practice, uh, people are happy, and, and a lot of them become friends. Uh, yeah. And, 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 and then they refer. Well, and you have a great, I mean, also to your staff, your office staff is the best. Everybody's super friendly, super nice, I'm, professional. I'm very, very. Uh, it takes years to build that, right? Fortunate. I'm very fortunate. I mean, we have people there. Uh, Stacy's been there 13 years. Um, uh, Jack's been there forever. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and Lisa's been there uh, five or six years. It's just. And, uh, the esthetician uh, Janet, everybody loves Janet. Uh, mm -hmm. She's been there uh, the, the five uh, five years. Um, so um, at least, uh, yeah, Lisa's been there ten years. Uh, uh, ten years now, I think. Uh, so, so yeah. So we have a staff. It's I like going uh, to work in the morning. I like the people. Yeah, they're lo with. they're lovely people. Yeah. Uh, and uh, all people that you know you would have a conversation with, sure. or have a beer with, or something along those lines. And and. As corny as catchy as it is, is yeah, we really do treat. We try to treat people like we would treat family members. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, in my head, one of my things is I'm looking at a, a patient and I'm like, okay, so what would I tell my wife? What would I tell mm -hmm. my cousin? What would I tell my brother? And if it's not the same thing, then I'm a charlatan. Right. Uh, and that's actually that's a great perspective. And that's yeah. my litmus test is okay. Mm -hmm. What would I tell a family member? Mm -hmm. And this is what I would do. And oftentimes I'll lead with that. I'm like, look, we can do X to Y to Z. And like, but if you were my wife, I would tell you, let's do boom. And right. they're like, really? And then we would go into why, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the thing about that too is, I mean, obviously, you know, you're a very, you have a very successful practice. And, and I, what I like about you is it's not, it's definitely not focused on, the financial aspect it's really focused on what's best for the patient as it should be right, right. oh yeah no it drives my business manager stuff nuts you know what I mean I, I talk to <laughs> yeah. people a lot of stuff all the time so yeah. like, yeah. but the thing but the thing is but it avoids complications too well right? there's that but but uh, but also if you don't need it you don't need it right and, and oftentimes people come in think they need something and they're like well no you actually just need this and yeah. they're like really yeah you can get from A to B with this, and I'm a lousy salesman. I'll tell you, you know, but, but <laughs> that's, that's good. I actually, I, I think most patients, um, first of all, they can pick up on when somebody is trying to sell them stuff, um, and I think as a surgeon or a doctor, that should not obviously should not be the emphasis, right? Um, when you go see them, right? <laughs> you know, I'm sure you feel the same way. Oh sure, no, a absolutely, and and again, uh, where I train, that's that's where I was trained. I, I trained at, at inner city hospitals. I, tra yeah. I trained at. Uh, at major trauma centers and everything else, mm -hmm. and the focus was on heal the uh, patient. Is, is yeah, fix the patient, yeah. you know, heal, heal them up. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what so? Uh, what would be? I, I kind of think what I would know the answer to this, but what would be the most popular procedures that you oh, do? So here, so again, when we first came to town, we were doing a lot of reconstruction. I was mm -hmm. putting fingers back on, et cetera, et cetera. Sure, and uh, and things evolve, and our. Uh, practice has evolved into more aesthetic uh, right. stuff. So of the aesthetic stuff here, Las Vegas, of course, has been a big breast town for forever. Sure. The uh, the top five breast towns, uh, I guess, if you want Just to call it. Just a funny way to call it, call it <laughs> but that. makes sense. Um, yeah. a, 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 and we know this because of the amount of OGS sold 
uh, per capita. Okay. Uh, and, and, and industry brass gives, augmentation gives us, gives, Thank you. Uh, gives us that uh, that number. Uh, top five are uh, I forget the exact order, but uh, L.A., uh, New York, Las Vegas, Miami, uh, Dallas. Right. Which is so I think pretty five. much what which most you would people expect. <laughs> right. Which, yeah. Right. You expect. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, Walla Walla, Washington, probably not quite as much. <laughs> right. And I love Walla Walla, Washington. Yeah. It's, yeah. Don't get me wrong, but but just uh, just that yeah that, yeah. that kind of thing. Right. So it's the glitz and the glamour. It's Las sure. Vegas, etc. So having said that. Is, is, uh, now, what we do is we put you know, breast augmentations, but we also do uh, breast revisions uh, yeah. or f- uh, augmentation devices that have been in there for a long time. Yeah, because there's actually the breast augmentation. I mean, there a lot of people only equate it with like larger breasts, but there actually there's many different aspects. Oh, lots of different aspects. I mean, if we just and we can get into uh, breast augmentation, we can get into breast augmentation with lift. We can get, get into uh, removal of implants right. with lift. We can get into all just a lift without augs. Right. So we can cover all of that sort of because guess what everybody's different and everybody's yeah. stage in their life is and different and maybe some people had kids we actually did a friend of mine right. came in and we did that with you who had she had had I guess five kids right and um, and I was actually I, I really liked how you dealt with that because I was actually there in the room um, when you're talking about you gave her many different options which right. I which I really like right you know. So again, what fits in their universe and what they're really kind of trying to go for, and what's rewarding for us is, uh, is you know the the mom's had two or three kids mm-hmm. and she just wants to feel good back uh, again in a dress, okay, sure. uh, or yeah. that kind of thing, and to to do the mommy makeover, which is typically a breast dog, which is uh, probably lift. very common, right? Yeah, right, and a tummy tuck and a little lipo, and they love it, uh, and it's relatively very common, but. Getting back to the the breast thing too is is, is some showgirls that have had these augmentation devices in from the seventies or eighties, sure, which and, were silicone, it, time, right? And it's time to switch them out and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's a different patient population uh, than you know a twenty two year old. So let me ask you about that um, because I I don't I know a little bit about that. So if you say you had an augmentation done. You actually need to get those replaced at some point. Yeah, so they're not permanent devices. Now, anything that we, mankind, sticks into a uh, a patient usually has to get uh, taken out, right? Mm-hmm. So now some orthopedic stuff... I guess stuff, updated even, right? Right, so some, some orthopedic stuff, uh, nails and screws, that can stay in for a lifetime. But most, most of the time, it's got to get switched out. Whether mm-hmm. it is a breast augmentation device, whether it's a defibrillator, whether it's a cancer chemotherapy port, sure. uh, whether it's a total knee... It, it, they, they wear out or they... Usually, yeah, right. no man can't make it as good as God can make it. Sure. Just, I mean, that's just how it goes. Right. So, um, so, yeah, so basically augmentation devices... Typically, uh, there's you know a shelf life on it, but typically, uh, you, if you can get a good 13, 15 years mm-hmm. out of an implant, that's pretty good. Now, I've seen saline implants been in for 30 years, look great, right. soft, it wouldn't touch them. Okay, I've so seen the stuff, concern would be with those would be maybe leaking, or, right? So, and I've seen stuff that have to come out in six months. So sure. it just kind of depends on the patient mm-hmm. and how they interact with the implant itself. Now, to your point, is basically back in the day. Um, back in the 70s, 80s, the implants uh, were very squishy, and basically the material, the silicone, was really more like um, maple syrup, right? right? So basically, the other thing was is the implant itself, the shell of the implant, they had a leak rate of 50% to 10 years, right? right. So that's where you got the, hey, they got to come out in 10 and years. And when they were getting them put thing. in back then, they didn't really know that. So, right? yeah. so yeah. well, they knew that they weren't lifetime things. And so, right. But back then is is that's where you got, oh, you know, 10 years by the clock, you got to take them out. Sure. That's a little less now because 
technology has gotten better, mm-hmm. meaning it's safer. Like cars have gotten safer with crumple zones and safety glass. Right, and, and they've learned a lot. And all that. So now the cohesive gel implant or gummy bear implant mm-hmm. right. is really cool because you can actually uh, poke a hole in it, shake it, and nothing's supposed to come out. Oh, okay. And so so that's really cool. And so the leak rates have gone down considerably, mm-hmm. depending on how you read, but, uh, between 3 and 10% at, yeah. uh, uh, at 10 years. So the gummy bear implant, is that still silicone inside? Yeah. Okay. So it's a, sil- a silicone on the inside. And again, silica. So silica is the most abundant thing we have. It's dirt. Okay. We see mm-hmm. it in the universe. And as far as silicone in the body goes... Um, Diabetics usually take between 20 and 40 grams of silicone into their body with all the shots that they take oh, per year. Okay. So it's not a foreign concept. Now, right. some people uh, don't tolerate it uh, mm-hmm. or whatever. And, of course, if you have a leaky implant, you really should get that you know, yeah, switched out. Yeah, obviously. Of course, right? and, but we'll talk a, let's talk a half a second about capsular leaks. So, so folks... Um, they may suspect a uh, silicone implant leak. The best mm-hmm. uh, radiology test to get is an MRI. Okay. okay. Uh, but but even if it does leak, let's say it leaks out of the shell, even though it's not supposed to, typically the body will, will go ahead and, and wall it off. And that's called a capsule. A right. capsule, whatever you put in the body, again, defibrillator, um, pacemaker, chemotherapy point, the, the body will kind of wall it off with okay. this capsule which is usually soft and nice and but it's tough enough that you can sew to it right mm-hmm. and so typically it makes an envelope if you will uh, over the um, the implant and so even if that stuff comes out it usually stays gonna be, inside the right. capsule right and there's tens of millions of American women that are running around because they've had them in so long they've been leaking for so long and they've mm-hmm. never got them you know fixed so um, so that's that. You, you don't really want that. But yeah. Now, sometimes intra- extra capsular leaks can occur. Uh, and so sometimes it's not a big deal. Sometimes they wind up in some lymph nodes. Sometimes you got to fish that out. So, again, really depends on Depends that. on how the, the body patient. reacts. To, right. Yeah. So it depends on the, on the patient. Do you so have a, so for you, it's your preference. Would it be the gummy bear implants versus... Saline, it, it really it depend depends on the, on the patient. I have yeah. to tell you, um, we do about eighty percent silicones, about twenty yeah. percent salines nowadays. Okay. Uh, some guys, uh, you know, so well, we only do you know one hundred percent. Right, Well, good for you. Yeah. So, but for me, again, uh, I'm about, it's really about the patient, yeah, right, about the individual patient, sure. and that's why I sit and listen. You know, to them. Uh, you know, am I talking to you know a soccer mom? Am I talking right. to a showgirl? A showgirl. Am I talking to a uh, a UFC fighter? Am right. I talking to who am I talking to? And, mm-hmm. and what's going to fit in their universe and in their lifestyle? Do you uh, when, when when the subject of sizing comes up? It's actually one of the I, I keep bringing up bots, but I like the, the good thing about the bots show is I really like there's a lot of good information and they do they talk a lot about the sizing aspect and how do you deal with that? Right. Sizing is is always a little bit controversial, right? Because uh, one uh, girlfriend will tell you, oh, geez, I'm a 400 and I'm a C. Right. All right. And the other girlfriend will tell you, well, uh, I'm a C, but I'm a 300. How come? Right. Mm-hmm. Now, you also go to the um, internet and it gets really confusing really fast. Right. right? Yeah. There's a lot uh, of different information. A lot of different yeah. information. And then some of the good, some of the bad. And then also how much. Uh, breast tissue did the gal come in with in the first place, right? Just mm-hmm. so they come in nipples right and out. And how healthy are breasts, right? Right, and, right. and, uh, and, and they come in all different shapes and sizes, and we take care of breasts that had uh, burns. We take care of mm-hmm. uh, post-mastectomy. We take care of uh, all different shapes and, right. and, and all different, you know, I've had five you know, kids. So I've every nursed, every case is really, is really unique. Every case is different. So, yeah. so having said that, yeah, not a cookie cutter. You can't mm-hmm. cookie cutter plastic surgery, in yeah. my opinion. So... Um, so, so you, you shouldn't. 
<laughs> Unfortunately, there are people that do that. It's, well, yeah. yeah. So yeah, if done, if done correctly, that's a, that's a different in my subject. Opinion, <laughs> yeah, in my opinion, if done correctly. Yeah. Uh, okay. So size. So basically, so my thing is, is we talk about all this, and then we talk about stretchiness of skin because some mm. folks the skin bounces back, some folks it doesn't, and it just yeah. lays. So, uh, and then people that been out of the sun a lot, or hard smoking folks, or uh, people that been on a ster- a lot of. Uh, Steroids, uh, anti-inflammatory. Some, some people are athletic. Some right. people are so, not. So yeah. whole lots of variables. Okay, fine. But the, but the main thing for me, size wise, is base width. In other words, how wide you are across, right? Okay. So so base width. So you go ahead and, and you come to me and we do a whole bunch of measurements. Okay, fine. So my favorite measurement though is base width, and from that you can kind of get a volume, mm-hmm. uh, which is a volume is is a. Uh, uh, is uh, a four thirds pi r cube? I think uh, somebody's gonna somebody's gonna call in and correct me. Uh, which is, <laughs> Not too which, many people are gonna call in. <laughs> yeah, I have to look that up. So don't call me. I got you. Yeah, but so, so there's anyway, a, there's a formula. There's, right, there's a formula. Right. So basically, is, is so you, you figure that out. and the little book they actually make it easy for you to put in a little booklet for you. Okay. So basically, so the little book says, all right, well she's ten centimeters across and she wants to go from an A to a C, mm-hmm. uh, and so she should be up three hundred cc. So they give you a guideline. Okay, right. Right. So now. Uh, so that's fine. And so now I'm, uh, you probably figured this out, I'm a little bit obsessive. So I go ahead and I bring in a size above and a size below mm-hmm. to the operating room. So usually when I go to the operating room, I bring in six implants, if not eight, for every patient. Oh, interesting. Which okay. drives my, which drives my <laughs> Stacy crazy. Your assistant. Uh, yeah. My, yeah. So, so having said that, is this, uh, and then I use sizers. And so what I like sure. to do is we go to the operating room, we make our incision. Uh, we get uh, into the pocket, and then I put sizers in. And so then I sit them up on the table. So you're asleep for this, right? right. So you sit up on the table, and we go up and down. Oh, let's go up 100. Let's go down 50. And this is sort 25. of the creative aspect in a way, right? Well, and then also I have their voice in my head saying, okay, I want to be this. I want right. to this way. And oftentimes I'll have them look uh, up and um, email in photos. Okay. Um, you know, of what they kind of want to look for. And that right. helps me as far That's as a volume, good idea. upper performance sure. and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, a, f- a funny story about the photo thing is that I had one gal. She was sweet gal and uh, petite, and she was an A. And mm. she wanted she said, okay, well, what size do you want to be? She says, uh, okay, Doc, I want to be a B. I'm like, oh, okay. I said, bring in some photos. I said, oh, okay. So she comes in and says, hey, Doc, I found some photos for you. I'm like, okay, right. So she comes in with Coco, Ice T's <laughs> wife. <laughs> Yeah, she's definitely not a B. <laughs> and I said, okay, Coco was a B in the third grade. She's picnic. gorgeous, a, she's right? Like, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, right? right? She was a B in the third grade picnic. Okay, yeah, exactly. maybe, right? I said, well, wait, wait, wait. and so then I said, okay, what do you you got to tell? What do you really, really want? Because yeah. you're going to go to the operating room. And she says, oh, well, I thought it was going to be rude if I said D. I'm like, no, you have to tell me. Right. And so, and the thing is, too, a take home message is is you got to communicate with your doctor, bring photos, yeah, uh, and really, it's okay to ask questions. And part of your your role in that situation is to make them as comfortable right. as they can be to actually really share. Right. And I tell yeah. I tell my patients all the time, and the docs that I like is, we're never going to be offended by a question. Yeah. If you have a question, ask it. There are also no dumb questions because yeah. we went to school and we, this is our silo. This is where we work all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, you have okay? to create sort of the safe space for them to really Absolutely. be honest with you. And yeah. that is what that is. When you're in the, um, the patient's room, that's it. Mm. I, and uh, before the HIPAA stuff and before government regulations and everything like that. We took an oath. Uh, right. uh, and uh, most of us, I, I, all the guys and gals I know take, still take it seriously. Yeah. And and we have patients uh, come in. I have... And the I oath think, is basically patients first. Well, right. right. And we have, uh, we have patients come in and the husband and wife comes in and they 
both don't know they come. Uh, and so, <laughs> so we schedule on different days so they don't How wind funny. up in the, in the same thing. Yeah, right. So, uh, and again, I'll tell a funny story about my wife, and she hates these. But, the, <laughs> uh, but for example, she'll say, you know, oh, I'm going to go ahead and send, you know, uh, Janie over. Oh, okay, great. Right. So Janie comes in, and we talk, and, uh, and so, you know, in two weeks later, she says, I said, did Janie ever come in? What's she going to get done? I'm like, I can't tell you. Right. And she yeah. says, but I sent her in. I'm like, then call Janie. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, and that, that's fun. Yeah, we, that's and, an interesting subject. And right? that happened uh, for the first couple of years of our relationship, and now she doesn't ask anymore. So she's like, because <laughs> yeah. she has lots of girlfriends. She would have like, hey, I'd like to go see you. And so, and I don't call her. I don't call her anyway. But yeah, so, so, but that, that, that's, that's, so, so what happens there truly, the one place in Vegas that what stays, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas is, that office and and we had one gal oh, this was years and years ago we had uh, one gal that came in and said doc you know I want a, I want a uh, rest dog well, okay great and uh, she says no 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 but no one really 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 can know I'm like okay and uh, she says no she says no 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 where I come from I gotta put the burqa on uh, and do all this I says and if they find out I have this they will take me out into the square and stone me to oh, death oh wow right. uh, and we went Okay, oh, and wow. so and we put her under a different name, and yeah. we, we did the whole thing, and she came out great, and, and interesting, and, and everything. So th- those are the kind of things that 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 we you know that we take seriously. And there's yeah. lots of folks in our uh, office that you would know, okay, mm-hmm. uh, and that people would know. Uh, Vegas, but, and Vegas particularly is a small oh, town. Oh, it's a very small town. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> and so the answer is is yeah, it's if you know if you hear about it, it didn't come from me. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. the other thing too is 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 here in Las Vegas, a lot of folks from. Um, Hollywood, uh, that that again people would know would come up because there's less paparazzi. Right. Actually, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. And so this is less now, but but you know, for a while. And we had actually talked about that with my friend because she lives in Dallas, yeah. and you you actually have a whole apparatus set up where you can help them get accommodations sure. and. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We take care of a lot of folks from uh, out of uh, the st- state. We had a bunch of Aussies, uh, and they're great, uh, and they mm. love Las Vegas. Oh my gosh! And uh, so yeah, we had a lot of Australian folks, especially when the exchange rate was good. Oh, okay. oh they loved it, yeah. and uh, Canadians. And, and it's then, easy, like if you do stuff like like um, Botox or filler, that's actually very easy to do. Yeah, that's yeah. straightforward. Uh, typically, when they're here, but again, we respect every every case. Mm-hmm. And for me, with Botox and fillers, is is all go through your medical history and oh, what yeah. kind of uh, uh, medicines are you on? Mm-hmm. And oh, you're on Plavix. Okay. Oh, you're on Kuma. Yeah, because you got to so know that stuff. Uh, right? It's a whole different thing. And, yeah. and f- those those are blood thinners, and so those are folks are more apt to get um, the bruising and. and so how, on the um, so that's another subject that I think a lot of people are curious about, and it's a little bit the the Botox and also the filler. Talk to t- tell tell us a little bit about. Um, just the procedures of that, like what you, like you said, you have to check out their history, medical history. Sure. So a couple of things about uh, Botox and fillers and that kind of thing is, is thankfully it has a, such a very high therapeutic index, which means it, that it's more difficult to get a bad result uh, mm-hmm. with. Because so it's, it's sort of time tested. Right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. safe. There's been literally tens of millions of Botox mm-hmm. and, and they... They class it, that's the, probably the number one aesthetic procedure, quote unquote procedure, mm-hmm. non-surgical aesthetic procedure, tens of millions a, yeah. a year. And uh, I think it's great um, in as much as, again, if done correctly, it, you can really smooth out a bunch of lines. People yeah. really like that. You can be a little bit creative and kind of lift the very tails of the eyebrows. And, we, and so I, I did that with you, as I, I mentioned, and, and um, I just mainly primarily just did that um, crease above my nose. But... Um, 
so doing that procedure, do you actually are you typically the one in your office that does that, or is there you yes. have girls that also do that, right? Yeah. So so yeah, for uh, for now, we've had some nurse injectors and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, before. Uh, you and, like personally doing it, and right? then uh, yeah, I actually enjoy doing it. I mean, some guys uh, just like oh, I mean, I'm surgery, I go to the OR. Oh, I love the OR. Don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah. And uh, uh, and it's it's one place uh, the OR. It, it, it's a place that the rest of the world goes away. Right, uh, yeah. And all you have to focus you kind of have to get in your zone, on right. one yeah. patient. It's kind of like being an athlete, although never, you know, if you ask the guys I've played with, I, I wasn't an athlete. But, <laughs> that's a different but, subject. That's another, that's another subject for another day. But uh, um, but having said that, yeah, you just, that's the only thing you got you got to do. Right. And, and um, the whole world goes away. I don't answer the phone, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, because again, I think the patient demands it, and, yeah. and so so having said that, is, is so getting back to the Botox mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, uh, we're you know a, a, a black diamond practice, which means we're the top one percent of the United States and all that good stuff. Yeah. But but which actually most, I mean that means a lot actually. But most important yeah. is is people refer their friends and, mm-hmm. and people uh, refer their family members, and, and and there's there's nothing better to a surgeon than a referral from somebody who's happy. What do you think the people's, from what you hear, what's the, their most concern about getting Botox and that kind of thing? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, it, you know, it's toxins from the botulinum toxin, which is, you know, you look it up on, then you Google it and it says, oh, it's the most dangerous toxin. Right. It, basically, it's not, you know, the Allergan people don't go through Ralph's looking for bad cans of mushrooms, okay? So... <laughs> It's it's a protein that they've replicated up, and it's the tail of the protein. And now, yeah. now with these machines, they've replicated and it's, it up. And it's again, it's time tested. It's been around for a long. It's time. It's been around for a long time. Actually, yeah. the oculoplastic folks uh, used it for strabismus, which is muscle spasm by the eye, and that's been going on for uh, for decades and decades. Okay. And then they figured out, well, wait a minute, if we can put this in the uh, muscles around the eyes, then oh, there's less wrinkles there. Right. And so. Uh, yeah, so basically, so now we've done that, and I think the FDA approval came out, I want to say, well, maybe 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. I, don't quote me. It's, it's plus or minus two years. Uh, so it basically that. has an effect of, of uh, not, uh, paralyzing is not the word, but of, of calming down the muscles. So when you smile, those kind of things, it just basically lessens the lines. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of people know that, but I mean. Yeah, so that's, so that's what it is. So, so is it safe? Yes. You know, have I, have I put it in my family and my friends and my wife? Yes. You but know? you'll never tell. So, right. So, right. so uh, oh, yeah, but yeah, she's told everybody. That's fine. So, uh, but having said that is, 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 yeah, is, is, and if used properly, uh, I think that it's a very good tool in our toolbox, right? Mm-hmm. We have so many good tools now, non-operatively yeah. as well. Now we have these, uh, these fillers, uh, which you're familiar with, yeah. obviously, the, the Juvederms, um, which is a, a, a soft kind of gel pliable thing that we can put in wrinkles and crinkles. Mm-hmm. We have Voluma, which is kind of a bigger molecule of that same thing. We also have um, other things like uh, Radius, uh, which I like to put and in And that could actually, those tools actually can help a lot of people even really avoid surgery, right? They yeah. can get a result that they're happy with. Sure. And yeah. oftentimes I, I get that too. They say, well, geez, doc, I have these uh, marionette lines the, that are from the corners of my mouth down. Mm-hmm. What can we do? And we talk about, well, we can put in fillers. We can we can do string lifts. We can do facelifts. We can do all this stuff. And they and you talk to them, and they may not be ready for the big procedure. Sure. But if you can get them by a year or two mm-hmm. or whatever, then they're ready for it. And, and, how and that's long, okay too. On that on that um, topic, how long? So like typically, I, I don't know if it's the same for both. So how long does does the um, Botox tend to last, True. and also the uh, the filler. True. So the medicines again, Botox medicine, y- you put it in and. 
uh, it takes about four days for it to work, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't go home and go, hey, it's not working. So, uh, <laughs> so it takes about four days to start working. Right. And then usually it's there and doing its thing uh, by about 10 to 14 days. Okay. So, so typically um, uh, about the 14-day mark is kind of where that Where it's full is. force kicking. Yeah. yeah, and then as far as the fillers go, yes, you do see something uh, basically right away. Uh, but then again, it, it, for me, it, it'll go ahead and settle in. Over the next is there any um, is any swelling involved in that? Sure. Well, or, with any, yeah. it, well, one is you know we're putting a you know a sharp pointy object through the skin, so <laughs> yes. you're going to have a little bit of reaction. It's, and it doesn't. I that. should say, from personal experience, it doesn't really hurt that bad. It's a little sting. It's a little sting. Right. And again, we yeah. cater to cowards and chickens. And, <laughs> I'm a chicken and, and, and a coward. <laughs> First timers. That's what we do best. Right. We do best because we talk you through it. We put a whole bunch of numbing medicine right. on if we're going to do anything. In yeah, because you do use a numbing cream. Uh-huh. Right. And if we do yeah. anything in the lower part of the face. Uh, for the nasolabial folds, for the lips, we do a lot of lips. Uh, for the marionette lines, we'll go ahead and put a dental block, just like you're the dentist. Oh, okay. So people are nice in them, okay? And they love that. Yeah. And, uh, and so then we're able to do that. That you see right away. Uh, the Botox typically will last about four months. Okay. Now, my hypermetabolic people, the people that are in the gym, uh, twice uh, a day, they go through it a little faster. Sure. Or my really ex- metabolism metabolism is faster. Right, yeah. and, and or my really uh, expressive people, my actresses. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, welcome up. They tend to go through it a little faster. Uh, the uh, juvederms typically will last about uh, a year. In yeah. reality, probably about so 10 the juvederm is, is the filler. Material. Is the filler? Yeah, yeah. filler And then there's the vol- voluma, which is a kind of a bigger molecule, which we put uh, in um, for in bigger areas. Cheeks, okay. uh, yeah. yeah, and that sort of thing. And that's supposed to last two years. Reality for me, about about a year and a half. But everybody's different. Some yeah. people last a lot longer. For it's just again, we have so many good tools in the toolbox. And when you now. use the, yeah, I know uh, the lip filler thing has become a very popular yes. thing. So would that be the same material? Yeah. So basically, that's the Juvederm Ultra. There's Ultra and Ultra Plus, right? Okay. So the Ultra is a little more syrupy, a little mm-hmm. more uh, kissable, if you want to call it that. So that's why I, <laughs> okay, I use it there, uh, as opposed to the Ultra Plus, which is a little firmer, more like a gel. Okay. Uh, which is I like more for. Uh, wrinkles and crinkles mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So again, it's a matter of finding the right tool in the toolbox mm-hmm. to go ahead and apply. And uh, that's why it's important, I think, to kind of keep reading up on this stuff and keep going to these meetings. Right, because there's and new there's stuff coming out all the time. Right? Always something yeah. new coming up. And, and I have to tell you is, is when we go to these meetings is my favorite part of the meeting is lunch. Uh, <laughs> Not for the box lunch, right? Okay, because yeah. you get lunch. to chat with other right. right. Because usually there's a round table it's to set up round tables sure. and stuff like that when we had meetings uh, and stuff. Is and so there's a guy from Miami and there's a guy from Buenos Aires and there's a guy from New mm-hmm. York and there's a guy from Las Vegas. Usually me, and uh, then we say, hey, you know. What did you think of that last guy's speech? And two guys say, "Hey, I really liked it." One guy says, "Oh no, that's full of crap. I was his fellow. He doesn't do that anymore." Right. And and so then you go ahead and start discussing and again, very respectfully. Yeah. And and then like, oh no no, I, I did it that way, but I tried it this way and it's better, right? Mm-hmm. And if I can take home about two pearls, uh, a conference. It's a good conference. Yeah, that's and, great. And it's something yeah. I can use with my patients uh, and, and really make their experience better. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Because that's always, I mean, that's obviously always changing and morphing. And there's new procedures. Always. There's right. new techniques, right? Right. right. Mm-hmm. Always something new. And, and again, plastic surgery, there's always something new in it. And you have to, you know, keep on top of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you have to make sure it makes sense. And you mm-hmm. have to be, in my opinion, you have to be confident enough to, uh, if you're not going to put it, in your family, then you shouldn't put you shouldn't put it in your patients. I think that's an awesome rule of thumb for every doctor. <laughs> Honestly, so, right? Yeah. That's that's my limit. Um, so, if people want to um, 
find out about your practice in particular and, and also get information on those uh, procedures. Um, we have a link on our uh, podcast page um, to Dr. Ross' website. Sure. So and the, the uh, they can yeah. set up a consultation. They can even actually do it. You can do it uh, even if they're not in Las Vegas, right? Yes. So we do a lot of those uh, international or uh, across uh, the country. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we're doing more and more online. Yeah, right. Under um, the, the a, current a lot, circumstances, a lot of a lot of that now, and that's worked out actually pretty well. Yeah, uh, it's always good to you know, actually touch the patient, see the skin, et cetera, et cetera. But for a lot of questions or a lot mm-hmm. of you know, should I do A or B? Um, yeah, the telepres the telepresence telemedicine uh, works well. And, and the great uh, thing about that we, we were talking about is even in Nevada, particularly, you have people that are in these small towns; they don't have access to doctors like yeah. you necessarily. Yeah. So um, we've been working on that for years with the medical society, mm-hmm. uh, with the Clark County Medical Society with Washoe County, with a, with White Pine uh, societies, right. that we, through the Nevada State Medical Association, I'm, and I'm missing a few counties. Um, but having said that, yeah, Esmeralda, uh, places like Ely, uh, Elko. Yeah. Which are all small towns so, in Nevada. Yeah. All small towns in Nevada. And so it's hard to go ahead and get into a bigger city mm-hmm. to, for that. So that's always been a a goal of, of sure. ours uh, and now with it's the sort of pandemic, the rules have been loosened up a little they bit they have been yeah. loosened up a little bit so and they're going to get tightened up we get that but but yeah. at least I think we finally are at a place where it may become more commonplace sure. that somebody can actually see a doc uh, you know and, and not have to you know drive uh, miles and miles yeah. on you know, and the technology has gotten better for that right yes yes so again te- technology and I'm not a technophile by any stretch yeah. but but uh, yeah it, 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 when used properly I think it, it can it it's can a great tool do a wondrous uh, thing for mm-hmm. medicine and, and for our patients which is the bottom bottom line. awesome yeah. so moving forward um, we're gonna also be including guests in our podcast sure so we're working on that guest list now and it's gonna be exciting I think people will uh, find it really fun sure uh, maybe some patients Maybe some. Uh, we also talked in the previous episode about you being the fight doctor. Yes. So uh, so that's a, that's a lot of fun too. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to get some of those guys too, uh, and uh, see uh, see how that goes moving forward. But it's fun. So what a great this is a great second episode. I think. <laughs> I, th- I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, just a, a bit biased, but yes. So uh, but yeah. No. This is, for me is fun. I mean, talking about plastic surgery, uh, medicine in general, and plastic surgery in particular, or life in Las Vegas uh, yeah. or my wacky life in Las Vegas uh, <laughs> all of it it's it's fun and I, I hope uh, enough people think it's fun enough that we can kind of continue this I think so it's nice to demystify the, the plastic surgery absolutely right yeah. alright great thanks for joining us guys and uh, next episode we will um, have more fun sounds great <laughs> thanks a lot thank you so much for joining us For further information, please visit the podcast website link for Dr. Jeffrey Roth. See you next time.